A Duff Said is brought to you by Sheldon Street Pizza. Visit them online at sheldonstreetpizza.com or stop by Sheldon's during your next trip to Lake Orion. Sheldon Street Pizza, the official pizza of A Duff Said. And by Fourth Coast Cider Works, quality craftsmanship, quality hard cider. You can check them out online at fourthcoastciderworks.com or come get a can or a howler at their Canterbury Village location. Not available for anyone under the age of 21. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to the best local sports podcast in Michigan, and that's a Duff set. Thank you, Sam Ali, and thank you for hitting the play button on your favorite listening device of choice from wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Duff Tyler, and that's a Duff set. This week on Lessons from Coach Watkins, Steve and I talk about travel sports. Now, at this point in the summer, kids are probably heavily involved in travel sports. Over the years, lots of parents and coaches have voiced their opinions on these programs. There's been many lengthy discussions about the pros and cons of travel sports. I asked Steve what it was like for him when these kids wrapped up travel ball and began practicing for his high school football program toward the end of summer. We also discuss many aspects of travel sports that parents should be looking for when deciding to sign up their kids for these programs. Lessons from Coach Watkins starts now. So Steve, what were some of your experiences with the kids that you coached that came into the football season having played travel sports during the summer? Well, those guys you had to almost spoon feed because a lot of them basically were going and coming right off that into uh, summer practices. So what we would try to do is to spread things out for them. We had we broke down practices some days, Dove, to the point where we just broke down to specialty positions where they went with their position coaches and just worked with them 30, 40 minutes and then weight room, cool down sessions and things like that to keep them fresh. Of course, in the summer, you definitely want to make sure players are hydrated and not burned out in terms of, you know, the hot degree days and so forth and so on. So we kind of made practice kind of streamlined, if you will. We would, uh, like I said, on 30 minutes, off 15 minutes, cool down periods, uh, even even showers in between practices. Anything that we thought would make them feel fresh, fresh enough to get through the practice and through the day. What kind of mindset did those kids come into the season with when it was time to play with you? Well, it was a drag, but some of them, they also knew Coach was going to do what he could to make us get through it. You know, I I did everything I could to try to make sure that our players stayed engaged, to make sure that they were being taught. You know, so we broke down practices into three things, like I said. First of all, we started out with a 30-minute workout in terms of the weight room session. That was right after school, right before school started. And right after that, we went into what we call church. That was classroom sessions. And we would break down the the practices in terms of positions, in terms of knowing what they needed to do, talk them through it, questions so that they can ask questions and being answered by their position coaches. Followed by another 30-minute where we went out, we ran out in shorts, 
t-shirts in the summertime, and we calisthenics, calisthenics, laps, so forth and so on. We did what we called our 100-yard drill, and that would go uh, from the end zone, sprint to the five-yard line, jog back, sprint to the 10-yard line, jog back, all the way till they ended up in the end zone. You could gauge at this point where your players were in terms of their conditioning. Some kids would make it to the 50-yard line, and by the time they got back, they were burned out. So the, 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 the thing was, was to build them up to where they could cover the length of that field and be able to jog back to the end zone. And again, that's how we judge whether, okay, I think we're ready, you know, in terms of getting these kids in shape. How often did you find that a kid that played travel sports and played with another team, when that team's mission statement came into play, how often did that mission statement and the goals that they were setting for those kids during the summer travel sports kind of conflict with what you were hoping to instill in these kids? Well, some of them, it was kind of, they were kind of compact and on the go. When you do travel sports, a lot of times you're traveling by car, you're traveling to other states, you know, neighboring states, so forth and so on. So you're kind of with a group of guys that you kind of stuck with, five, six, maybe ten guys. And uh, you kind of found out that when those guys, they were kind of burned out from all of that. So you had to, as I said, make practice interesting enough to where they were being engaged, but you were getting what you needed out of each individual player. What should parents want for their kids from playing in travel sports? Well, the thing that you and I have been talking about the last couple of sessions, making sure that your kids are basically involved, making sure that the parents themselves are being involved, and just kind of monitoring kids in terms of uh, things that we may or may not pick up on as coaches. In other words, if a kid has a head injury or if a kid has a, a, a leg injury or something, something that they may not favor in front of coaches, but maybe parents will pick up on. And when we do that, then we have training staff, so forth and so on. Those guys, you understand, have to be brought along differently. Uh, the importance of having a good trainer, you know, to say, well, you know, coach, this kid is ready to go. Coach, this kid's not there yet. For some parents out there that may be new to the travel sports life, what kind of schedule should they expect their kids to be involved in? In travel sports, that those could go sessions, you know, depending on where you go. They had round-robin tournaments and whatnot when they went out. So you may depend on wrestling, track, or uh, just seven-on-seven -seven drills and certain things like that. You could expect that to go all day long. Now, not to mention, that could be from, say, where we are in Michigan. That could be to Indiana. That could be to Ohio. You know, that could be anywhere neighboring around, or it could be anywhere of a, a number of uh, universities in the area that have training camps and things going on, spring practices, so forth and so on. You know, drills for kids to learn and go to. So once again, making sure that your kids are coached up enough that they understand what they're getting into, make sure parents understand it's going to be a long day. You know, so you make sure your kids are hydrated. One of the things we talked about was not eating heavy in between these things. Certain things we did for energy purposes, like I'm sure you might even remember, a jar of honey can go a long way in terms of being able to burn the, you know, to burn 
uh, calories and whatnot more efficiently, along with plenty of water, you know. There were two words you just mentioned a minute ago that often comes into play when it's when, when you're talking about kids and travel sports, and that's burnout. How do the kids try to manage things effectively so they don't get burned out when it's time to return to the actual high school teams that they normally play for? Well, it, it may sound funny, but in a way, we had this thing uh, in, in our football program where we would award kids for doing things that, you know, if they achieved a level that we thought they were at. And a lot of the times it ended up with rap music. And I mean, you'd get on a bus and you're traveling somewhere. Look, if they accomplished everything that we set out to do, if they learned all the lessons, got all the things down, preparations for games, season coming up, we'd let them, hey, get on the bus, turn the music up loud, sing as loud as they wanted to, play it in the locker room, so forth and so on. That interjected them. It basically energized them, I should say, and gave them energy that, hey, coach is with us. You know, we'd listen to that stuff. They, we'd get to singing along with them sometimes and whatnot. And they thought, hey, these guys are really got our backs. You know, they really are behind us. So that was an effective way to keep them engaged and keep them motivated to want to play with you when it came time to the high school sports season. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about the facilities that travel sports afford kids, sometimes, like you said, it could be college facilities that they get to go to and they get to participate in. And that can be pretty exciting. That can be a motivating factor in itself that, you know, if I work hard at this, I'm going to have the skill level and the abilities to maybe get here on the college stage, which is really what the parents are really pushing for when it comes to getting these kids motivated and give them to the uh, level that they need to be at to play at the college level. So when you talk about facilities, what should parents be looking for when they enroll their kids into travel sports? What kind of facilities would be acceptable for them to play on? One that is fully stocked and really, really uh, full-fledged, you know, with all types of gym equipment. You know, uh, one of the best programs I ever visited in my years of experience was uh, Farmington Hills Harrison. And uh, Coach um, Harrison, boy, he had took his kids to the playoff year after year after year. And I remember we played a scrimmage game up there one year, and uh, during one of the breakdown sessions, he took coaches and ourselves into their weight room. I was blown away. This was a high school program. This weight room looked anything but the the equivalent of a pro football team. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's it right there. And we went on a quest after that, man. We did all kind of fundraisers and programs, and we got the school to donate a couple of rooms to us that we turned into weight weight facilities, and the kids were blown away. You know, we would have trips where we would have invite kids that are coming in to the high school program, preferably from the junior highs. They'd come in, take a look at our weight room, and they'd get blown away by it. You know, you had the colors in there. You had all the weight machines numbered and, and whatnot, organized and whatnot. And uh, the kids, they, they just loved that. I mean, it made them really feel a part of a program that was going somewhere. But it all comes down to coaching, too. And you mentioned uh, the coach of Farmington Hills Harrison. That's a very successful coach. He, Like you said, he made the playoffs year after year after year. Mm-hmm. 
But when it's travel sports, these are basically instructors who also double as coaches. So these are guys that are kind of teaching kids uh, some of the techniques. And it's a coach that they only see during the travel sports season. So this isn't somebody that's been hired by the local school district to, to teach these kids. This isn't somebody that's maybe well known in the community. This is somebody that's getting paid to teach these kids and make a living that way. So when parents are looking at the coaches that they're going to be sending their kids to to get this type of instructions so that they can elevate their game, what kind of coaching should parents be looking for? Well, as I said, one of the things you have to do is you have to network, uh, uh, Duff. You network with different coaches and different facilities and different things that's going to be involved. Usually these things are talked about in the offseason you know, in the months of December and January, how we're going to fit these things into a program, into the off-season and the summer programs and so forth and so on. So you kind of know what your kids are going into and who they're being taught by, so forth and so on. This is also where I think communication is a big key because I can tell you, you may not believe this, but you take a poll from any coach I guarantee what they're going to tell you is who's going to mainly get behind their kids in, in a season long and drawn out, it's going to be mom. So when, if you can get mom to buy in to what you're selling in terms of what you're going to do for her son, you got a winner. What is the pathway that parents should want their kids to receive from playing travel sports? Well, the thing of it is, is travel sports is always looked at as the next level. You're doing things that's outside of your district. So, again, you're asked to, we've always told our kids, look, you're representative of your home, your school, and most of all, your parents. So you have to learn to be able to conduct yourself in situations again. Again, the goal is to prepare them for college sports. College sports involves a lot of traveling. And it may mean different state from state to state to state, not just within your community. So you're getting kids involved in doing things that they're not normally doing during the course of a year. By playing travel sports and whatnot, they're elevating their game. They're getting better teaching in some cases. They're getting better instructions. So whatnot, you want to just make sure that you're able to kind of coexist with that. Want more lessons from Coach Watkins? Then head to my website, aduffsaid.com. If you do some scrolling on the main page, eventually you're going to come across an episode that I did called A Duff Said, The State of America's Youth Sports Culture. Now that was a show that I did back in 2019 when I was just getting this podcast off the ground. In that episode, I spoke to legendary Michigan high school wrestling coach Brandon Day about some of the negatives that come with playing youth sports. I love sports, okay? And uh, opportunities for kids, we love having opportunities for kids. But I think our youth sports culture today is kind of clouded. You know, I think it's a little bit more for mom and dad um, and a little bit more for, you know, people that are making money off of young kids and making money off of mom and dad, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses rather than, uh, you know, the pure love and enjoyment of starting a sport, the pure love and enjoyment of, uh, you know, trying different things. And, and unfortunately what's happened is kids today are pulled in so many different directions 
and they feel they're, they're not they feel so much stress and anxiety about competing and and we're seeing i mean you're seeing commercials out now like you know don't retire like as a youth athlete kind of thing like you know don't be their last coach commercials that are out you know, on national tv because these kids the the joy is taken out of it because you know they're trying to win national tournaments at 10 and 11 the mom and dad got them on two different fed ball teams and it's there's no sense of community there's no sense of uh you know, it's, everything is, you know, be the best at 10 and 11. And, and it, we're not really getting the, you know, what's important. You know, we're not trying to develop athletes to be the best they can be when it matters. And kids are getting burned out from it. Now, if you'd like to hear that episode, and then you want to get updates whenever a new episode is posted, all you got to do is become a subscriber. Just head over to sites such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find this show on Facebook. Just look me up at sports journalist Duff Tyler. You can also find me on Twitter. My handle is, you probably guessed it, Duff Tyler. Our announcer this week was Mid-Michigan Now Sports Director Sam Ali. All other announcements are done by Steve Gale, the best high school sports public address announcer in the state of Michigan. As for the voice you're hearing right now, it belongs to me. I'm Duff Tyler, and I'm reminding you that if Duff said it, it must be true, because that's what a Duff said. Thanks for listening, folks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.